Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wednesday preview podcast as we look forward to the fixture at the weekend. Sunderland take on Wickham Wanderers at home. Uh, our guests this evening are Chris Weatherspoon. Hello. Hello. Uh, also, we have Michael Loff. Hi, hi. And we also have Richard Easterbrook. How are you doing? Hello, you all right? Yes, very well, thank you. Thanks, chaps, for finding your way to the studio on a, a busy day politically. You know, we're going to talk about football. My God for that. Is that all right with you guys? That's fine by me. Uh, so Sunderland then, uh, one defeat in 18, eight wins on the spin, four straight league clean sheets, uh, the fewest goals conceded in the league, the second best goal total in the league, and a chance to go top at the weekend. That's exciting. And surely a sign of where we are now, Michael. It is, and I think on Saturday it's going to be an absolutely massive opportunity for us to go top of the league, because if you're a Portsmouth fan or anyone connected with Portsmouth, and we go top of the league on Saturday, you'll, you'll be thinking we've had an unbelievable start of the season. We couldn't have done any more and Sunderland are still top of the league and people are starting to talk about Sunderland now in the national media and in the wider context and like I say, it's a massive opportunity with them not playing. Yep, absolutely. We'll uh, start this evening though uh, by briefly looking back at the victory on Tuesday evening in the Czech Trade Trophy. Uh, we'll also reflect a little bit on the Port Vale uh, game as well. Two cup games, very different cups, Chris but none more important than the other at this stage for Sunderland, would you say? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a very cliched phrase, but I think winning games always helps. And um, I know Michael has said recently, like, you, you you look forward to every game and, like, whether it's in the Checker Trade Trophy or not, um, and uh, wins build confidence and people want to go. I mean, 1,500 people went down to see us playing a tournament that two years ago you you would have said we shouldn't be anywhere near with our first team. So I, I think that that just shows kind of how much people are enjoying it at the minute, how much the team are enjoying it. And um, to be honest, uh, I don't know what Madge's XG rating was on Tuesday night, <laughs> but he scored again. He so, did score uh, again. You only, took one, confidence. you only took one touch in the box before he put it away as well, so that's not going to do with statistics any favours, is it? No, perhaps Doesn't... I deserve to lose one. Huh? Yeah. Doesn't help those guys. By all accounts, though, and from what I, I listened to on the radio, I don't know if anyone watched it. I was on, down on, on Tuesday. And uh, it wasn't the greatest game by all accounts? It wasn't, it was, but it's exactly what you'd expect from that sort of a game. I'm not sure if that was Morecambe's full-strength team, but from Sunderland's point of view, obviously it wasn't. And I know Jack Ross, one thing which is very impressive about him is when we make changes, we tend to play the same way. 
But there were lads who were playing on Tuesday nights, such as Bainbridge and Hunter, who haven't been anywhere near the first team. I must admit, I didn't, I didn't know some of the people on the bench at all. And yeah, and they were thrown into that, that environment, so it was always going to be a bit of a bitty disjointed affair. But we, we got the win in the end. There was a brilliant bit of quality from over here, the one magic to create the goal. So there was no real complaints from me because, like I say, it was essentially a dead rubber tie. What about the performance from Reuter? Um, there was a couple of fluffs, wasn't there? He was really bad till he was really good. Yeah. Because um, he made that crucial save late on from close range, did well to get over the bar, but overall he didn't look particularly commanded. I mean, he pushed one round the post where the ball essentially just spilled out of his hands and he flapped at a couple of crosses, but like I say, in, in, football's all about moments, and in that crucial moment he made a really good save. We could have lost a game 1-0 if it wasn't for that. Uh, Josh Madger scoring again, Chris. Just how important is it to have someone like Josh Madger scoring goals and particularly playing with younger players as well, like he did on Tuesday night, and really you know, leading the line for Sunderland as a football club at the moment? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's massive. I think I'm, I'm one of these who doesn't really get some of the stick that Madger's come in for. I mean, he's he's not a complete forward, but he's he's also 19 years old. I'm not really sure what people want. I mean, somebody will have the stats on this, but is that his 10th goal this season? Uh, it is his ninth goal. It's his ninth goal. Ninth goal. I have the stats on that one. Uh, <laughs> Richard, did you enjoy the the proceedings on Tuesday? Yeah, I did. I mean, I only could catch the highlights of it. It's um, yeah, it's really important that 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 we kind of get Magic tied down to that tied down to that deal. Really, yeah, sooner the better. It's, you know, he's someone who can grow with the club as as we hopefully go th- back through the leagues. He's the kind of player that can grow with us and and be a real asset for us going forward. I think that's a good point as well in that like going forward, like I know there's been a bit of murmurings like, oh well if they get if they get a decent offer or something they'll take it and while obviously there's a limit to what you can turn down for players, I think if if they're serious about going straight back up and then they're serious about making a proper go of it next season, I think keeping players like Madger, like Gucci still need to sign a new contract is it's it's a bit of like a signal to these young players. It's like tell you what, come with us on this journey. You're already you're already pretty loved to you on the back of one good start of a season and that like come and let, let's, let's see what we can do together going forward so yeah. I think I agree I think it's pretty massive that they get him tied down it'll be a real serve of intent to keep him because I think if if should we get promoted it would be really good for the likes of Gooch, Honeyman and Madger who have been part of the club when we haven't been doing so well and we've been on the losing streak they're now going to be at the club for a year of like real momentum and winning games every week, and that could be huge going into the next season because you often see clubs get promoted from League One and just shame momentum takes up until about Christmas, like we're still having like good results and good performances. I would just like to touch on one thing that Chris mentioned earlier about Madger and the sum of the stick he gets, and I think given his age, it is totally unfair, especially given the goals he scored. I mean, I mentioned there was a lad called, um, I can't remember his first name, but Hunter, who played the other night, and we got him from Liverpool during the summer for the under 23s. And some people around me were saying, oh, but he's only 18-year-old, what can you really expect, even though he had a poor game? And I'm thinking, well, Josh Madge is one year older, yeah, and he gets yeah. untold sit because he apparently can't hold the ball up, and people focus on what he can't do rather it's than the, what he can do. It's the exposure, in it? Like yeah. people, people see, they're like, oh, well, he's in the first team, but give him a couple of games, and then, then it's like, well, hang on, actually, now you should be able to handle this. I remember, like, down at Coventry, um, obviously me being a mild-mannered person, it was a one-off that I opened my club. And uh, this bloke was ranting on saying, I'd rather have 3,000 Lee Catamores instead of one Josh <laughs> Madger. And I said, well, what does that mean? He was like, well, did you see him bottle out of that tackle in the second half? I was like, well, I, I did, but like, are we really going to castigate a bloke who's like, at that point he'd scored seven seven goals in yeah. 10 games or something? Yeah. And this this guy was adamant. He was like, oh, we don't need bottlers in the team. And I was like, but we do need goal scorers. Yeah. Well, somebody the other night as well, when um, Madger, it was a bit of a submission, he didn't bottle the tackle, but maybe he wasn't as forceful as what he could have been. 
and someone turned around and goes, he doesn't want to be here. And I was like, what? Like, how, <laughs> how have you made that deductive leap from like maybe he didn't go in for 50-50s intensely as he should in a game that doesn't matter to he wants to leave the club? Like, yeah. It's maddening. Like yeah. People complain when we have donkeys that can't score goals and then we have a striker who scored nine goals already this season and people are looking to complain as well. It's just strange. I think at this moment in time, we've got so many different styles of striker at the club. I know Charlie White's not playing football at the minute, but he's completely different striker to Josh Madger, as is Sinclair to Duncan Watmore, for example. Uh, it's it's going to be great when they're all you know fighting for position, but that gives Jack Ross options, doesn't it, on how to play. Yeah, it does. and it, it It's like you can you can adapt to who you're playing against sort of thing I know you always, you always say you focus on yourselves don't just focus on the opposition but I think there are I mean there have been times this season where Madge he, he struggles against big physical presence that's I think there's a good argument to be made that he'll actually be an even better player for us if we do go up mm-hmm. because I think it, it probably the division probably suits his style more but yeah and I, th- I think that's that's needed I mean on the one hand, like he's nineteen and he's doing great, but he is still nineteen. And I think if we were pinning all our hopes on him all season, that that would be a problem. Yeah. And obviously, we haven't seen a lot of Wyke. Um, it's accidentally happened, hasn't, hasn't yeah. it? Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, it has. And it was, it was obviously, it was never meant to happen. We haven't seen a lot of Wyke, and he, let's be honest, he hasn't really been fit in the, the two and a half games we saw. Mm. But he scored a goal. He did score a goal. Uh, Richard, do you want to come in? Yeah, just having having Wyke and Watmore back. Competing with Madger for, for that for that position, it's 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 just going to keep everything fresh, especially when we get into spring when when there's going to be two games a week and there's going to be injuries. We're really going to need that that freshness up front. Um, just on the on the uh, checker trade trophy, we had a, a tweet in from uh, Il Hopper. He says, "How we've managed to to offend the entire nation more than Brexit has uh, <laughs> by attending a football match." Um, do we need to uh, vote on this in future? I think he's, repl- he's referring to the fact that some Southern fans got some stick, didn't they, um, about the amount of people we took down uh, on Tuesday evening. I'm not aware of the... I certainly wasn't aware of the kind of protests from low-league clubs around this competition. Michael, you might know more than me. I certainly get the moral argument because, obviously, it was traditionally a tournament where um, it was like a low-league tournament, like the Johnson's Payne Trophy, LDV, Vans Trophy. I think I've butchered that second title there, but... <laughs> Um, it was a trophy traditionally to give low league clubs the opportunity to have a big day at Wembley or the Millennium Stadium as it once was and it was a really kind of nice competition but even that competition was never taken seriously in the initial stage in the early rounds it was seen as an inconvenience by some manager you had very low crowds but I think it's just the bugbear of a lot of people is that it's weighted in favour of like the under 23 clubs and you get like Luton Town last year, for instance, were fined because they made too many changes and brought some young fringe players and their manager turned around and said, right, I'm being fined for trying to develop my young players in the tournament, which is about developing young players. Mm. There's, some, there's some weird blurred lines because on, on our uh, squad we submitted on Tuesday, it, was, it went down to a percentage of players well. So that's why we got away with so many yeah, changes. Since they've had like 40 senior appearances or something yeah. like that. and right. It's interesting logic. I, I do understand the moral argument, but like I say, in the early rounds of the Morton game, that would have actually boosted their coffers by so many Sunderland fans turning yeah. up and going down there. I, but then when they get the Wembley, like Coventry, they took over 40,000 fans down there. Lincoln took big numbers last season. I think they took over 20,000. That's not boosting your club's income mm. by doing that. So as I say, I do understand like the sentiment behind it, but it's a little bit illogical to, to have a go at Sunderland fans for attending the football match and wanting the team to win. It, <laughs> yeah. Richard? I mean, looking at it from the outside, whenever I've seen 
you know, reference to the, the, the football league trophy and its previous guys is the clubs that I've I've been looking at have always been have always treated it with, with a little bit of contempt. It's only until the you know the Rands start heading towards Wembley and that they start to take it seriously. It's you know, it hasn't changed much. Only the only thing that's come in now is the the Academy sides. Mm-hmm. And, you know, rightly or wrongly that's developing developing young players from Premier League clubs that wouldn't get games usually. So I can kind of see the criticism, but I just think that they're using the new changes to it as a as a bit of a, a bat to hit them with. Yeah, um, and because we're the big boys, we're obviously getting a bit of criticism for for deigning to bring more than uh, twenty fans down. Yeah, uh, great for everyone who turned out on a Tuesday night in Morgan for for such a, a, a tie. Shows the you know the size of our club, I guess, and something we should be very proud of. Um, there's a chance we could play Walsall in the next Hooray. round, which means we could potentially play them three times in the space of a couple of weeks. Um, right, that that that's going to be uh, you know an interesting one, isn't it? Because you know the fans are going to be going potentially back down, selling Walsall out on three three occasions. Uh, who would you like to get in the next round, though, Michael? Anyone but Walsall yeah. uh, would be my argument, but. Um, I, do you know who we can potentially play? Because there's a very limited number of options. I know Notts County is another one, mm. but we can't actually play an under twenty threes. And I think there is only four or five teams we can actually draw in this next Could round. Could we get Newcastle? No. no. I think on the I think we are actually guaranteed to be at home. Okay. I think right. so. It would only be two trips to Warsaw. Right. But, but we would they they would have to come up our way. And it's not it's knockout from now on, is uh, it? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, yeah. So that, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I actually don't know. There's there's like four teams we can play, mm-hmm. and um, but we're only four or five games away from from Wembley. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I, I must admit, like slightly backtracking and that, I I can fully understand why people are upset about the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think really it's a a slight on Sunderland fans or fans. Of it. I think probably these other clubs they just look and say, look, you don't really understand, which possibly we don't. Um, would even understand, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, like, I'll be honest. Start of the season, I was like, yeah, like, I'm not really interested in this. Even though I was going to the games, and now it's like, I'll take a Wembley appearance if we if we get one. Yeah, right. Let's move things along. Sorry, Richard, you were going to come in there. Do you want to make a final point on that? I know. I was, I was going to touch on the FA Cup, and it's just it's just nice to see us taking cup competition seriously, albeit with a weakened team at Morecambe. Yeah, we have been taking it genuinely seriously throughout mm-hmm. this season. It's just nice to see that you know this is where we are now. Yeah, we used to treat the FA Cup with with kind of lots of respect before we got into the Premier League for the for the second time round. Yeah, um, it's just nice to see us maintaining that now absolutely can I make a final final point on, yes you may on, on this yeah <laughs> it's just talking about the whole like getting the Wembley thing um, was a, I was, I've done um, something for like ALS and the issues coming out the weekend just about like the check the trophy why I actually think it's really important for Sunderland this season like it just imagine as I say like all the kind of doom and gloom over the club could you imagine obviously players like George Honeyman like lifting the trophy in front of like 40,000 Sunderland fans at Wembley mm. Lyndon Goose it would be a really good day for his players like yeah this is what this club can be and it'll just be a little taster if, if things can progress in the future like what this club can be and they like, see like a massive deal like as I say I think it would just be a real watershed moment and I think it would be really signify the turnaround has been the club in the last few months if we would win a trophy at the earliest opportunity absolutely well made one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating. 
they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Point. It's a good piece, that. Oh, you've had a preview of it. Yeah, I, I edited it. I mean, Ooh. he was meant to send me it in the middle of the night and instead he sent me an email without the attachment. So, <laughs> so that was nice. I used to do that. But once he eventually sent it. I do that every day at work. Uh, let's look at the, the weekend's opposition then. Wickham Wanderers currently 15th on 21 points in League One. They've scored 23 but conceded 24. Uh, the big news for, from them recently is they've got a, a seven-day emergency loan of Matt Ingram who previously played 140 games at Wickham before he left them for QPR. They've got them on loan from. Um, another big headline, I guess, is Akin Fenwer looks like he's not in the squad. Literally a big headline. When we were heading down to League One, one of the things I was looking forward to was seeing Akin Fenwer at the stadium. Or even getting him to play for us at some point. <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, but he, he won't feature. It's a shame. He's a big character. Yeah, does this mean that if he's in the stands, they have to reopen the Premier Conference? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe it's reserved for himself. He, he's an he's an interesting one. He's uh, you got some it? stats on him, haven't you? I have got some stats on him, and I've left his age out, but I'm pretty sure it was 36 when I was looking earlier. And he's he's five foot eleven and sixteen stone. And I think 15 stone 11 of that is muscle, yeah, which yeah. is ridiculous. And I don't know how yeah. he's a professional footballer, but he's a, he's a top scorer. And um, yeah. I think he scored something like... He scored eight, five. Yeah, and I, th- I think he scored like 18 last season or something. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he's very effective at this level. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, they've also got a couple of players to look out for. Joe Jacobson, uh, Bryn Morris, Paris Cohen Hall as well. That's the winger, isn't it? Yeah, keep an eye out for those at the weekend. Really, on paper, this match should be a given for Sunderland. You know, full strength side. The keeper, you know, turned his country down. Well, sort of. You know, he <laughs> he stuck with the lads for the, the weekend. A strong Sunderland side. You shouldn't have any problems against this Wickham side. No, and then um, banter aside, I'm actually delighted that Van was not playing because he could have potentially caused our defence like a lot of nightmares. Because Chris said he's very unorthodox. He's quite flailing in his style of play, and he could be an absolute handful for the defence. So I'm really pleased he's not playing, but. No, it's another one of them games. If we perform our maximum, like any team in this league, without being disrespectful, we should get the three points. Yeah, are you thinking the same, Richard? Chris, jump on, Richard. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is. It'll be much easier to defend not against Akin Fenwer because, as you say, he's unorthodox. Defenders mm. just don't don't know how to handle him. They don't know how to, you know they don't know yeah. if they give him a little bit of room or get tight to him. Like, how do you get tight to that? I mean. It's, <laughs> <laughs> without him just swatting you away you can't really can you no, can't so. get anywhere near um, a couple of questions in about the game at the weekend I had one from Billy Blythe at Billy Blythe on, on Twitter is that the one yeah Oviedo or Jones at the left back obviously Oviedo making the comeback during the week but um would you keep James? Please James did I say that? you, you said, said Jones. Jones I meant James which threw me sorry. terribly I'm sorry guys um, yeah I, th- I think I'd keep Reese James I think uh, in all likelihood I well, I think the club will definitely be trying to move Oviedo on in the winter. Um, and I think realistically it makes sense to kind of prepare for that eventually. And I, I think James has done all right. Yeah. Um, down at, I remember down at Doncaster, the first 10, 15 minutes, I thought he was going to get bullied all over the shop by their right winger. And he actually came in it really well. He was excellent second half. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- yeah, I think, you know, don't, don't change a winning side, really. I know. 
like it's kind of mixed up a bit with midweek, but the way they've been going in the league and that, I don't see why you'd change it. No, um, yeah. So you you would you'd stick the, the same same side, uh, Michael? Probably, but it would be it is kind of tempting to put Ovier the win because of Ovier the night. I don't think he was spectacular by any means. Anything we did from an offensive point of view went through Ovier, though, particularly in the second half. And you saw the ball which you put across from Adjie for the winner, but you put a the ball in about fifteen minutes beforehand where. He flashed it across the face of goal and Magic couldn't quite get on the end of it. And a lot of the positive things we did during the game came through over year though. So although I mean we did talk about bottling challenges earlier, he did actually really blatantly bot the challenge on the edge of the area, which got a few people fuming. Um about half an hour left. But as I say, I would probably I would probably keep Reese James in because just purely because I actually think he's defensively better than Ovier though. I think one thing which Oviedo lacks in his game is the ability to stop a cross coming in, which Reese James seems to be much better at, and I think that's contributed slightly towards our improved defensive performance recently. Would you be tempted to bring Max Parrell back? Uh, someone else can have this one. <laughs> um, possibly. Mm. And I just said don't change a winning team, but I think, I think Power offers something that nobody else in the team really does. Like He's very, he's very good at... He's like that box to box kind of player. He's very like shuttling like up and down, um, and it, he does give you a bit bit of a new dimension in centre midfield. So I would be tempted, but again, like, like I've just said, I mean, would would that be harsh on the on those who've been in the middle in recent well, who, weeks? Who who would have to come out? That was a, that would be the point. <sighs> There's a question, Richard. I'll pass that one over to you. <laughs> and you'd probably look at McGeoc to come out, maybe yeah, or Honeyman, maybe. But I wouldn't change a winning team personally. I'd I'd keep it as it is. Keep power fresh. We're going to need them, you know, throughout the season. So, so I just keep things as they are. Yeah, uh, I'll go through another couple of questions uh, from Twitter. At uh, Michael Paul said, "How do you think this squad would fare in the championship?" Poorly. You think? I think. Yeah, yeah. I think they'd struggle. Yeah. I think. Uh, sorry, Chris. Continue. No, no, go on. Um, I'll just about to say I think that that's be, that would be my one concern at the moment. I mean, obviously, we're not out of this league yet, so I don't wish to be too complacent, but. Should we get promoted? I do look at the team and I think, right, how many of these players are actually ready to make that step up to the next level? And I don't think there's many throughout the squad. Yeah, I would agree. And I think there's a reason that a lot of the players we've signed have been from in a, like around this league anyway. Mm. I mean, I mean, they're, they're doing great at the minute, but I just think like I, th- I think they've certainly put up a better fight than they did the the gang did last year. Yeah. But I don't know that. But statistically, if we had, you know, McLaugh- <laughs> if we had McLaughlin in goal last season, we wouldn't yeah. have gone down. But I, I think like one of, one of the things that I was saying uh, about last season is that I think really one of the things we're benefiting from now is last season everything was wrong. Like it wasn't just on the pitch; it was everything around it, and you really did kind of need a total upheaval in order to rectify the mistakes. And you pretty much had to start again. And I think these players are benefiting from that. I don't know that in a year's time, if we were up there, that the momentum would be such that. What about able... confidence in the side? You know, I think we have starting conf- to get strength and depth in there but as well. I think that's. I think the championship is like an increasingly good league. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there's there's a lot of money flowing around it, and I think, um, yeah, I I do think they'd struggle. I don't know that it'd go down. I don't think we'll go down. If we were in the prem- championship now, with well, the they go down in the Premiership. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I don't I believe we'll myself. Go- I don't believe we'll go down. I think, but I think next season might be a challenge. Just going slightly off topic, but I think that next season might be difficult in terms of managing expectations. Because although we've had a bit of a sobering kind of challenge this season playing in League One, I still think when the Championship there's a certain expectation that Sunderland should be competing at the top of that league. Yeah, and I think next season realistically, a season of consolidation would probably. 
be what happens. So I would just hope that if that happens, people would think long term and not get on Ross's back or any of the players at the club should we get promoted because I think it'll be more of a long term project. Yeah, I have a I have a feeling that um, I, I mean, obviously the plan is to go straight back up this year. And I, I have a feeling that they kind of have like they're not they're not complacent about it, but they plan for that because if you look, everyone who we bought in this summer um, signed on a two year contract, mm-hmm. so next season they're pretty much. They're they're pretty much they're kind of in the running a down period already sort of thing. So I I wouldn't be surprised if they do go up and they try to. There's a quite a bit of upheaval again. Well, where, where's the where's the core on that side though? If we if we were to go, up? Do you, you know, Magic you'd hope would would you, stay you'd hope at the to top. keep Magic. You'd hope to keep Gooch. Yeah. Um, I mean, Honeyman has plenty of detractors, but I think I would hope to keep him. Um, I mean, Catamol on his current form, but he's Catamol better because he's dropped down a level. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think. What about the centre halves? At the moment? I was just about to say. I think I know Baldwin's coming for a lot, a lot of praise, and rightly so. But when I watch them, I think Flanagan looks more suited mm-hmm. to play at a higher level. I think the goalkeeper, obviously, the goalkeeper's massive. I just think with Baldwin, if you took eighty minutes from every game he's played, you'd say he would come to be able to make a step up. But it's a, it's a glaring error that he makes in most but, games, and in the championship, you're more likely to be punished. And I think that's the basic like fact of it. Well, that's a that's a thing about centre half. So, like the good ones are the ones who are just switched on mm-hmm. all the time. Like, that's what they used to say about Rio Ferdinand. Like, just never he was never switched off, mm-hmm. despite the fact he was playing for a team where he probably wouldn't see the ball for eighty five minutes and that. But that yeah. was what made him good. And I think that that's like Baldwin. Baldwin does a lot of things that actually that make him look really good. Like he'll put like, like slide tackles and that, yeah. but without getting too statty about it, because we know how that ends up. Like, if you look at kind of things like that, it it's because they're probably out of position in the first place. Like, you look at, like, the best centre defenders, they don't have to do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's not to say I don't think he can improve because he's, what, 25? Like, he's not... He, it's not like he's, like, he's set in stone, yeah. that's all he's going to be, but I th- I think he would be one of the ones who would possibly struggle. But still, first-choice central defender for you? Yeah. Over Ozturk and, and Leuvens? Uh In most games, yeah. I think I think Ozturk will have a part to play. I mean, if I can find a wasn't injured at the yeah. weekend I wouldn't have been massively surprised if they brought us to again mm-hmm. um, Richard do you want to come in? I just think if you look at the clubs that have, that have come up through the years and gone all the way up to the top you look at Southampton what successive Swansea. promotions yeah we're not successive but kind of climbed back climbed. Where, where they yeah, should yeah. be so you look at like Southampton and they, they retained most of their most of their team going through those divisions you had Jose Fonte you had Adam Lallana and, and obviously Gareth Bale um, I, just, I don't know whether we're there yet I don't know whether we'll, we've got that room to grow, or so, whether whether I'm just being a little bit harsh because mm. because it is still really early days, um, but I'm not yet convinced that that those players that we have could potentially even play in the Premier League. We're getting yeah. a, a, a ahead of ourselves a lot, really. I mean, let's, let's go back to you know the immediate future, January. Um, would you strengthen the side, Chris, in, in January? And if so, where? Uh, Given Reuters a couple of fluffs, but then he'd made up for it later in, in, in the game on Tuesday night. Marco Gabbadini was on um, Radio Newcastle the other evening. Said, he suggested that's a place where we should strengthen, bring another goalkeeper in. I think potentially, I, I, remind me, is the young lad out on loan? Strychek, yes, he's on loan at Eastley. Eastley, yeah. So, I mean, if if they're not willing to bring him back um, or they don't think he can cut it at this level, mm-hmm. possibly, yeah. I mean, I know. There were extenuating circumstances with confidence and stuff last season, but it, and right, it was probably the best of the of the three. Yeah, but that was a very low bar, <laughs> and um, it would have been better if it was a low bar actually. The way he kept <laughs> up, but I think yeah, I, I'm not a fan 
And uh, but that being said, um, I mean, if fingers crossed, McLaughlin doesn't get injured, and if you can recall the, the other kids, I think there's probably more pressing areas. I mean, left back stands out. I know we're, we're quite happy with his Reese James and that, but I mean, Hume's been good. But yeah. how how long does he have for? I don't I'm actually... not sure. I don't think we've even had an update, have we, on no. Hume recently? Yeah, which doesn't particularly board well. Um, I think I think right. I think the fullbacks. To be honest, yeah. I'm not. I've never have been a particularly big fan of Adam Matthews, no. and um, his contract up at the end of the season as well. And I'd be very surprised if he gets a new one. He must be on. Reasonable he must money be on a well. good 10, yeah. 15 grand a week at least. Yeah. you would imagine. Um, so there's there's not a chance he's going to resign. So yeah, I think the fullback areas. But I think it. Def- I mean, Bethan pretty much came out and said a couple of weeks ago it's going to depend on. Who do they get rid of? Yeah, um, and you, 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 you quite happily see Oviedo. I'd yeah. be happy to see him. But I think for what he offers compared to how much he's costing them, I, I don't think it's particularly value for money. And Lord, as I am to say, because I actually quite like him, I, I probably feel the same about Catamol. I think the difference is um, nobody will come in for Catamol. Right, uh, Michael. I certainly think that the goalkeeping situation should be a priority because I'm not massively a fan of having an obvious number one and an obvious number two goalkeeper at your club. I think there should be like kind of constant competition, someone breathing down McLaughlin's neck. And I'm not saying McLaughlin necessarily needs that to motivate him week in, week out, but yeah. his place on the side is very, very solid at the moment. I would like to say a little bit more competition for places in that position. Um, I would disagree slightly with what Chris was saying about Catamore. I would be absolutely devastated if he went in January. I w- it's because- not that I wouldn't be upset. It's just more like from a perspective of do we need to move him on to get other people To in? progress as a club. Yeah. If that was like, I, th- I think it's been brilliant this season. Oh, yeah. he, he really, he's galvanised them, and I think as much as McGee X come into things in the in recent weeks, sorry for cutting you off by the way. Um, as much as McGee X come into things, I would still prefer to see Catamol in there. I was just thinking purely from the point of view of if we need to get rid of people mm-hmm. to get people in yeah. elsewhere, I think that's probably somewhere where you do it. Well, I just think that given his performance this season, you talk about the bit of like a risk reward situation. I yeah. agree with you entirely about Brian Oviedo, but I just think Catamore's like the reinvigoration he's had this season has been to such an extent that I think that he does justify the salary commands, even though it is really excessive for this level. Um, so I think if you are looking at the high earners, I'd sooner see McGeady go than Catamore. I know I, some people might not agree with that, but I, I agree on that. To be fair, sometimes I forget about the fact that McGeady's probably got quite a lot of money. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I know he's came in in recent weeks, but um, for me, anyway, I'm not so sure McGeady's kind of part of the team ethos that they're trying to build. Mm. I think he's quite th- about himself. Um, I think from an outsider looking in, I would certainly agree with you, but Jack Ross came out with some interesting quotes the other week and he was talking about how he's a big fan of a lot of the squad are kind of really buying what he's doing. He was saying that there's a lot of the players will discuss tactics with him and he name-dropped Ian McGeady in the vat and he's often talked to Jack Ross about um, how different systems could benefit the team and how he could benefit the team in his role and I was really surprised to hear that because I agree with Chris from the outside looking in he might look like a bit of a selfish player but if Jack Ross is coming out saying things like that he might be more of a team player than we maybe think. Yeah, yeah. That, that's interesting because the stories went last season that him and Coleman just yeah. did not get it and I said, yeah. no, I mean, if, if, if that's the case... He's I mean, got him on side. Yeah, well, yeah, and it, and it speaks volumes for the manager if, if that is the case when Absolutely. you've got a... You had a bloke last season who, um, okay, he might, he might not have done a fast deal at, at a club level, but for Wales and that, he, he came with pretty high stock mm-hmm. and... McGeady, by all accounts, had 
very little time for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a bloke who, no disrespect to Jack Ross, who hasn't done anywhere near as much as that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think if that's true, that speaks volumes about the manager. And it's a really positive sign. Yeah. Right, uh, look ahead to the weekend's match again. Uh, Wigan Wanderers at home, three o'clock kickoff. Predictions time. We'll start with you, Richard. What's the score going to be? I'm going to go a nice big 4 0. Wow. Bold. I'd like that. Who's getting the goals? That's the Wigan, by the way. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, got um, <laughs> I think you, look, you can't look beyond Madger yeah. for that. McGeady. All four. The King. King, yeah, that's it. We've um, gone Mike, through a whole podcast without mentioning the king. Who the actual Maguire? M- Maguire, not, yeah, we have the actual king. Well, he wasn't in action on. Was he? Did he play on Tuesday? Did he come on? No, no, he, he wasn't even on the bench. I don't think. No, uh, he played Paul Vale, though, didn't he? He did, yeah. Uh, well, let's hope he gets a goal at the weekend. Is he in, on your score sheet at the weekend, Michael? Um, yes, he's going to be. I'm going to go for a slightly more conservative three-one because we're Sunderland, and although I think we'll keep a winning run going, I don't think we'll have another clean sheet in us. Oh, I'd like to see five clean sheets. It, in the it would be fantastic, but um, no, I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm going to, as I say, a three-one's my prediction. Magia, McGeady, and the King. Okay, Chris, I'm going to go for an even more conservative two-one. Two-one. Uh, after going one-nil down. Right. Okay. Yeah. And we see the fighting spirit again. Yeah. We don't do that anymore, Chris. We don't, but I, I feel so like... August. <laughs> I feel August. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> I, f- I feel like now would be the time for us, like we're all riding high on that, just for us to put a little bit of doubt in, and then we'll come back and we'll be riding even higher. And come 5pm, top of the league. Yes, well, be nice. as as Michael has told us, Portsmouth aren't playing yeah. at the weekend. But internationals are not. So. Yeah, exciting stuff. Right, thanks for listening, guys. Um, just time to plug uh, what Wiseman say are doing in their extra curriculum and I look forward to the next one. Michael's already out of the door. Um, but we have uh, <laughs> Wiseman say live on Saturday at the Peacock in Sunderland. Uh, the fan zone's not on again until later on in the season. So if you're looking for something to do before you get over to the stadium, um, you could do much worse things than go to the Peacock and see uh, Stephen and Gareth and I think uh, Stephen Elliott's going to be there as well speaking before the game uh, the guys have also told me to uh, if you get a second check out their Dennis Smith podcast part of their managers podcast series and they're going to be speaking to Malcolm Crosby soon as well Richard that's something to look forward to isn't it in recent in the coming weeks sorry yeah it is definitely interesting I know it's quite a few fans of uh, of of my vintage would be looking forward to that because it was uh, it was a very special time and it was very a very kind of interesting one to talk about. Yeah, Malcolm Cosby, of course, manager, 1992 Cup final. We'll get all the the, the dirt on that, I imagine. Anything else I need to promote? Mm. Right, that's it. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, join us next time. Thanks for listening.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.